Enough with Embrace Debate. Pointless yelling at each other on ESPN and Fox. Yet very little actual content. It's time for a change. A voice from the fan. For the fan. The most compelling topics in sports. All covered here. This is Corbett's Corner. All right, welcome in. This is the Monday edition of Corbett's Corner. I'm Dylan Corbett here with you. Been a while again as it has been uh, kind of spring has been tough uh, to get a schedule knocked down. We will be getting another episode of Winging It coming up here at its usual date on Wednesday. And I'm off to Scottsdale for Maddie Ice's uh bachelor party so thursday a little twins game in the morning afternoon catch a flight to scottsdale by the night so we'll be spending the weekend there should be a lot of fun let's get into the kentucky derby a record seventh win for trainer bob baffert have you gotten into horse racing obviously everyone is into uh the kentucky derby if you're a little bit more into it like myself you got the triple crown races the preakness states come uh stakes coming up in two weeks again back on its normal triple crown schedule after the 2020 coronavirus pandemic uh upended the entire schedule of sports right now we're starting to get back on a more normal schedule even though the pandemic is still very much upon us um but horse racing back to its normal schedule the belmont stakes Incidentally, uh, I've been to Belmont. I would love to go to the Kentucky Derby, Preakness. I would love to go to Santa Anita, many different horse racing spots. Canterbury Park is here in Minneapolis, Minnesota suburbs, Minneapolis suburbs. So I do like uh, going there. And once the racing season begins here at Canterbury, which I believe is this month, I'm going to be going there a lot. Uh, so exciting horse racing. I got into it because of the pandemic slowed every sport down. Horse racing was there for us. A little goal, uh, good old place in, uh, I think it was grand Island, Nebraska named Foner park, uh, really uh, helped our gambling addictions with sports being gone. Uh, so seventh in a row for Bob Baffert. So basically you, and this was cool because I got to see all these names as I was following horse racing. Now I got to, uh, actually see them in person as NBC. I thought that a great job as they do every year with the Kentucky Derby, kind of putting the face, a story, a voice behind Todd Pletcher, Steve Asmussen, all these different legendary trainers. Uh, the jockeys finally got to put a face to the names I've seen with Irad Ortiz Jr., uh, Rosario, uh, Vasquez. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been incredible. And of course, Bob Baffert, probably the most famous um, as he is one of the trainers of horses, it's now seven winners in the Kentucky Derby. Medina Spirit, Medina Spirit. I heard it both ways. Uh, you know, it talks both ways. Twelve to one, cash it wire to wire. Uh, I lost. Uh, I had a pick five. I did not have Medina Medina Spirit. Again, it's a Spanish city. I believe that the name of the horse is named after. We're going to go with Medina Spirit uh, from here on out, as that's what I've heard. But. Uh, 12 to one. I left him out of a pick five because it was a long, uh, kind of a long shot, right? Bob Baffert, you don't usually see 12 to one next to any of his horses names, especially in the big races. And, uh, it was, so I basically hedged out. I was like, geez, you know, if it isn't one of my four horses, I've picked to move on in this pick five, God damn it. It's probably going to be Bob Baffert again. Uh, so he won in September for the six times in the coronavirus running of the Kentucky Derby. And then it was, uh, of course this year in the first Saturday of May returning to its normal, uh, day there and he wins it was an exciting race again too he went wire to wire but 
uh, at the top of the stretch there, there was certainly another chance for an even bigger long shot to maybe overtake uh, Medina Spirit. So Baffert gets it done seven. That is right. They, they actually did a really cool interview with Bill Belichick and Bob Baffert, uh, both winners of six kind of Super Bowls. You know, the Super Bowl of horse racing is the Kentucky Derby. Baffert makes it seven on Saturday. So the Preakness coming up in two weeks. Are we going to have a, twi- a triple crown w- winner in Medina Spirit, Medina Spirit? I said I was going to keep it with Medina. And I keep switching back and forth. Um, I doubt it. Uh, the odds are heavily against a triple crown, crown winner once again. Uh, but we'll see the Preakness in two weeks, the Belmont stakes five weeks after five, three weeks after the Preakness five weeks from uh, today. Okay. NFL draft. Obviously we're going to touch on that. And in case you didn't know the NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs begin this month. So may gets a little sleepy in the sports season. No, we've got playoff action in the NHL, in the NBA. So it's going to be a big month and we'll hope you keep it locked here on Corbett's corner. Uh, CorbettSports.com for all your different menu options for the podcast network. Um, okay, and then we'll brief touch, uh, briefly touch on how baseball's just kind of been. Have you guys been into baseball? I guess we'll start there. It's been one way too many strikeouts, and that's been the trend lately. Um, it's almost becoming unwatchable the amount of strikeouts. It's either home run, strikeout, and I'm a lover of the home run, but. Shit, when there's only like three hits by a team and two of them are solo home runs and then the team strikes out 15 times that game, that's not fun to watch. Uh, I don't know if it was the 60-game sprint we did last season, the coronavirus that the Dodgers ended up winning, and now we're back to 162. Everyone's kind of mushed together in the standings right now. Uh, It's hard to really make, even after a month of baseball, any assertion because it's not a big enough sample size as we're now back to this 162-game schedule. Twins aren't looking that great, but they're, you know, only a couple games back of the Royals, Red Sox teams that you think may or may not stay at the top of the standings will fall off. Eventually we're still in the trial period here back to the 162 injuries are racking up. I mean, the Dodgers haven't even had Bellinger uh, so far this season, and they're still one of the best teams in baseball, but the strikeouts, I, I mean, it's, it's almost becoming unbearable to watch at some points, the Cardinals right there, my team at, you know, 500 baseball, They'll break your heart one night. They'll win a game here to get you right back. I'm, I'm not there with, you know, I'm a diehard baseball fan, but I'm not going to be dissecting it for you every week here because it's just, I mean, it's too early to tell anything right now, even a month in. But I will tell you what's alarming is, my God, I hate seeing swings and misses like uh, every other swing during a baseball game. Now, as I say that, I'm going to go to a Twins game live right on Thursday. But baseball, too early to tell a month into the season. Let's get into the NBA, and then we'll wrap up with some draft grades here. Um, my Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts. Yes, I told you that was a lock. They gave it to Matty Ice, my boy, Matt Ryan. They're saying, hey, here's the weapons. You get one more chance. Finish out your career strong. See if you can get us back to a Super Bowl and maybe win it this time. Uh, we'll get some draft grades here to wrap up Corbett's Corner. But let's get to the NBA. The story of the day was the Lakers losing to the Raptors, LeBron, He's bad. Uh, he's banged up. He's criticizing. He's saying whoever came up with the play in game should lose this job. Uh, I'll direct you to an article from I believe it was NBC Sports in which a couple months ago when this was introduced, LeBron James was saying he was all for the play in game. Well, except when you're the Lakers and you have to play in the play in game, right? Still too early to tell in the Western Conference. I believe there's three teams kind of in five, six and seven. Seven through 10 are that play in uh, scenario. And that's where the Lakers are hovering if they don't have the tiebreaker over Portland right now. LeBron, it is reported, sitting tonight against the Nuggets. What does that mean? 
probably another loss. Uh, the Western Conference is crazy. Excuse me, Suns, Jazz, they're at the top. Um, Clippers at the th- in the three spot. Again, I think the Clippers are the best team in basketball right now. I, I said that last year as well, and of course, they get bounced in the second round, don't even make it to the Western Conference Finals. They get bounced by the Nuggets. Keep an eye on the Nuggets. They're going to re- they return everyone. Uh, it's a dangerous team. Nikola Jokic making an MVP bid, but I told you all season long, he's not going to take it away from my guy, Joel Embiid. Embiid is back. Sixers are back in the top of the standings, and it is their conference to lose in terms of the Eastern Conference um, to cash my plus 525 ticket to win the East. So I'm hoping they control their own destiny. Why do I say that? They've got six games left. Uh, the Nets just lost two. Sixers have won four straight. And the Nets have the tougher remaining schedule. I honestly think the Sixers could go four and two, lock this thing up, um, and cash that ticket as the Eastern Conference champs. And there's a clear tier system going on in the Eastern Conference. You've got at the top, the Sixers, followed by the Nets, Bucks, whatever order you would place them. Uh, whoever you think is going to be the best team, right? Uh, Sixers actually play defense, whereas the Nets have three different guys that could take a final shot and break your heart. However, they don't play defense. Are the Bucks a little bit of a more balanced side? Are they going to finally break through with Giannis Antetokounmpo? Uh, so that's the top tier. And then you've got the Knicks, right? They're the four seed, the Knicks, the Heat, uh, the Celtics. They're just a little bit lower, but the Heat, of course, the reigning Eastern Conference champs. If they get there, you're seeing the quotes from Jimmy Butler, just get me there and I'll do the rest. Now, he proved it last year in a bubble. I'd like to see him prove it outside of the bubble again this year. I think the Sixers are dangerous. Their lack of performance in the postseason scares me a little, but it's certainly going to help if they're that first overall seed, and I think they do lock that up, so that'll be a nice. I've been terrible betting NBA overall. I think I'm down 30 units on the season, but if I hit the Sixers and Embiid for MVP and the Eastern Conference champs, that'll at least uh, lick some of the wounds. Uh, yeah. Who do you like in the West? Insanity, Clips, Nuggets. Who's the best team? Are the Lakers still the best team? You know, that's the story now. Oh, they're sliding. They're going to be, they're going to be uh, in the play-in game. They're going to miss the playoffs. 80 this, LeBron that. Are they one and done after the championship? All in all, they're still the Lakers if they're healthy, which I don't think they still are. Remember AD and LeBron coming back from injury. LeBron's still clearly banged up. AD's playing like he's still banged up. Um, but once the postseason hits, I mean, you doubt in LeBron James, I've done it many times and it's bit me in the ass. Uh, I don't know if I'll be doing it again, but the West is certainly an interesting story in the NBA. All right, let's wrap up the NFL draft bears fans. Where are you at? Uh, I think you guys were the, everyone was talking about the 49ers. I think you guys got the quarterback. Now, of course it's Trevor Lawrence. He was going one overall, but I was talking about this last week before the draft, looking at all these five in college. Just on paper, and obviously seeing Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Mac Jones uh, play in college, but on paper, all five of these guys should be excellent. I mean, this is, I, I think this might be one of the best quarterback classes we've seen, and that's why we saw all these guys go um, in the top 15, right? Davis Mills got selected by the Houston Texans. Kellen Mond to the Vikings. Uh, you know, there's some interesting late-round ones, too. Ian Book to the Saints. Uh, so even looking in the later rounds, you could find some gems here. This would be an incredible quarterback class if you know, all eight of these guys turn into NFL starters. Right. And the possibility is there. Uh, I think the bears had the best draft. Why? Cause they, I think they got the best quarterback, uh, in terms of fit. I think Justin Fields gives the Bears a team that made Mitchell Trubisky almost a 500 quarterback all these years. Imagine what they could do with Justin Fields. 
Um, they traded up in the draft. They saw, I believe this was accurate. The Bears were after the Pats, right? So they traded up and wanted to steal Justin Fields from them. I could be wrong on that, but they obviously traded into that 11th slot and take Justin Fields. And look at that NFC North, a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers, Vikings. I don't think they're going to do anything. They're a pertinent 7-9 franchise every year. Uh, you know, did they get much better spending a third round uh, pick on Kellen Mond? Uh, did that give Kirk Cousins a little, hey, maybe you should do it this year, Kirk? So it was interesting. And what is up with Aaron Rodgers? Now all of a sudden the president, oh, he's going to stay there. We thought he, he had Mark Schlereth reporting that he was going to be done deal in Denver. Now, of course, that's Mark Schlereth there. I think jumping on a whim, obviously, that didn't pan out. Um, is Rodgers going to be wearing the green and gold this year? Is he going to be wearing it next year when his contract's officially up? A lot of questions there around the NFC North, uh, probably favored again, right? The Packers uh, and the Lions, what did they do? They got Penny Sewell, which is great. I think that dude's a lock Hall of Famer in terms of an offensive tackle, but he's blocking for Jared Goff. I mean, is that helping? Is that actually helping uh, the Lions uh, hold on to the football and then golf make an errant decision and maybe throw a pick? I don't know. I love what the Falcons did. I would have loved if they went Penny Sewell, as long as they didn't draft a quarterback of the future, and they didn't. They signed undrafted free agent Felipe Franks, which I love. My God, here's a former Florida quarterback, had success in his uh, grad transfer year at Arkansas, and they don't spend draft capital. They basically sign a quarterback for free, and they took a flyer on him. So I love it. Uh, Kyle Pitts, he's a weapon. He might be the best offensive player in this draft. He also might be a bust. No one has drafted a tight end as high ever and leave it to the Falcons to be the first to cross that off that list. So I love the move. Not everyone does. And I think we'll just have to wait until uh, see until September to see if this will pan out. I had someone say, oh, rookie of the year, Kyle Pitts. No, 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 no. God, you see how many mouths you have to feed on that Atlanta offense? Julio, Ridley, uh, now Pitts, Mike Davis, Corderell Patterson. That was the other, so Pitts is going to be, you know, split up amidst five different options. Even Hayden Hurst, the other tight end, is going to get some targets too. Uh, Falcons didn't get a running back. I would have loved to get Trey Sermon. I think he went um, towards the end of the third round. I had him pegged more of a top of the fourth round steal for the Falcons, but uh, they did get a nice offensive tackle. Uh, they addressed the defense and, of course, got Kyle Pitts. So it's go time, Arthur Smith. It's go time, Matt Ryan, Julio. Uh, let's get back into the playoffs here, please. Atlanta, my squad. Um, love seeing Boston College guys get drafted. Uh, Isaiah McDuffie goes to Green Bay. He is a linebacker. He was a sixth-round pick, and that's two BC guys in the last two drafts now that uh, the Packers have taken. Of course, A.J. Dillon, will he break out in his second year, or is Aaron Jones newly to that signed contract, once again renewed with the Packers, going to steal most of those carries? Dillon had a good rookie year, and, of course, that was a rookie year in which his carries weren't that – uh, substantive, and then I don't even know if that was a word, uh, substantial, and then he also was dealing with COVID too. So we'll see what his year two um, will have in store for AJ Dillon, and now he's got a former teammate there with him, and then Isaiah McDuffie. Can't say they didn't get uh, Aaron Rodgers to playmaker in this draft. How about Amari Rodgers late? He was the Clemson receiver that had, I think it was like almost career-threatening injuries uh, that took him out uh, of this year, and now I guess – He's hoping to continue playing football. He's a very talented receiver. And uh, that could be another potential weapon they put in the slot, maybe opposite Devontae Adams. So uh, they definitely did get a weapon there in Amari Rodgers for Aaron Rodgers in addition to the BC guy. Quarterback that was not really on too many people's radars, but this caught my eye. How about Sam Ellinger? 
uh, the Texas quarterback, he gets drafted by the Colts. And now I'm thinking like, wait a second. Okay. Was this their quarterback of the future? No, maybe you would have forgotten earlier in the offseason. Carson Wentz traded to the Colts. He's replacing Phillip Rivers, who retires. I'm still not sold on Wentz. And I'm definitely not sold on his injury history. So keep an eye out for Sam Ellinger. He might get thrust into uh, the fire, so to speak, behind center for the Indianapolis Colts quicker than people may have imagined because I, I don't trust Carson Wentz to stay healthy. And I also don't trust him to keep his job with the amount of times he turns the ball over, whether it be through the air or on the ground. Um, so keep an eye out for Sam Ellinger. I thought it was an interesting late round pick by the, the Colts. Uh, how about the tandems? You got Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, the Clemson backfield, so to speak, are reuniting down in Jacksonville with Urban Meyer. You had Devontae Smith getting traded up and drafted by the Eagles to uh, bring him back with Jalen Hurts, right, when they were together at Alabama. Uh, yeah, yeah. Jamar Chase could select a fifth overall by the Bengals. Joe Burrow told him that morning, texted him, pack your bags. So that was apparently locked in before the draft even started. A lot of people thought Penny Sewell would end up there, but Jamar Chase went number five. So the offensive tandem is certainly interesting. The other one, too, I left out. Jalen Waddell, who went one pick after Jamar Chase, the Alabama receiver. People are wondering, is it going to be Heisman winner Devontae Smith? Is it going to be Jalen Waddell? Waddell gets the call sixth, goes down to Miami. Nice spot there. Gets 2-0 weapon. They're reunited. Alabama. And they also, so I saw Miami was really wanting Kyle Pitts, and they potentially could have had him. Remember, they traded the 49ers uh, their third overall pick, which originally belonged to the Texans. Uh, Dolphins trade out of that pick. That was your spot if you wanted Pitts. I think it worked out for the better. You got former BC linebacker Brian Flores, head coach of the Miami Dolphins, personally calling the number two tight end on the board, according to Mel Kuyper. It didn't work out this way. In fact, Hunter Long, BC guy, slid a little bit to the Dolphins, and I think they got a steal. It's not Pitts, but it's a pretty damn good consolation prize. I love to see what Hunter Long is going to do for fellow BC alum, head coach, uh, Brian Flores for the Miami Dolphins. Now you've got, think about this. You've got Devontae Parker. You've got Jalen Waddell. you got Mike Kosicki, who is a very underrated tight end, and he's a monster. He's built like George Kittle. And now you got a very nice pass-catching tight end in the draft uh, at some great value in Hunter Long. Can Tua get it done with those guys? Can't say they didn't give him weapons, at least in this draft. So uh, congrats to, I always love seeing the BC guys do well. Hunter Long, nice spot to get drafted heading down to Miami, South Beach. Uh, how much will Mac Jones play? I mean, that's a serious question. The Patriots immediately after drafting him 15th, uh, Bill Belichick comes out and says, Cam Newton is our guy. Cam Newton, if you watch most of the Patriots games last year, certainly did not look like a guy. Looks like that shoulder is shot. He can barely throw. So when will Mac Jones start? Is it a full year project? You know, Bill is so coy about these things. Uh, he's never going to give away the game plan. So I really wonder uh, when we will see Mac Jones. He says he, it was a blessing to get drafted by the Patriots, and I think it will eventually work. But I'm just wondering how they plan to implement him here in year one. And yeah, OK, you got the quarterback now. You've seen what's happened the last two years. The weapons Brady tried to throw to and then the weapons Newton tried to throw to. How's Mac Jones going to do with that? He went from having the best weapons at Alabama in the country to having, you know, lackluster guys like Rex Burkhart trying to bail him out. Uh, so interesting. I like the pick. It's a Patriots pick getting Mac Jones, but how will it pan out? Is it Brady? Is it Bill? Brady showed us last year. Now it's your move, Bill. 
Uh, whatever happened to Zach Wilson? I mean, I first of all, he was the meme of the draft. He looked like he was 10 years old. Uh, video comes out of him spraying a water bottle all over his face sensually. He's uh, He looked very uncomfortable not being in good old Utah, right? He looked, uh, looked very out of sorts. And now all of a sudden you're throwing him into the sewage that is the New York media market, especially for Jets football best of luck it swallowed up mark sanchez it swallowed up sam darnold now you got the good old utah boy coming in there how does that gonna work i don't know again the numbers back it up he had an incredible year for byu they didn't play a single ranked opponent and now he is behind the new york jets offensive line behind the embarrassment that has been the new york jets the last 30 years I just don't think that's going to work. If I had to pick a bust, I think Zach Wilson's my guy. I think Justin Fields was the second best quarterback in this draft class, and that's why I'm so high on him going to the Bears. Mentioned Devontae Smith to the Eagles. Uh, of course, the Heisman winner, what he did at Alabama was fantastic, but the whole knock on him is he's 160 pounds. That's like middle school shit. How was that guy going to not be oft injured? And the cherry on top was he got drafted by – Probably the most injury-riddled franchise we've seen in the last 20 years. The Eagles? That franchise is made of glass. Now you get a 160-pound popsicle stick, Devontae Smith, into that system. Uh, you know, I hope for his health, but that's that's the one worry there with Devontae Smith. Um, how does Tom Brady feel about Kyle Trask getting drafted in the second round? That's crazy to me. I mean, Kyle Trask, I think another guy that was a little bit underrated. He was fourth in the Heisman voting this past year. Did it against SEC defenses. Um, second round pick, the Bucks. Brady Brady still thinks he's playing until 50. I don't think he could have. I think that might have been a little bit underreported. Was What are Brady's thoughts on spending a second round draft pick? Again, that's not a late round pick. That's a second rounder on Kyle Trask. Uh I, this is the year of the quarterback. That's interesting. So Trask to the Bucks. How does Brady feel about that? They could have spent on a weapon, but who knows? Trey Lance, Trey Sermon to the Bay. San Francisco, smokescreen of the century. They trade up, trade some first-round picks. Are they going Mac Jones? Are they going Justin Fields? Bam, it's an FCS North Dakota State quarterback. Trey Lance did not throw an interception in his college career. Did not play an FBS football team in his career. I could be wrong on that, but the point stands. That's an FCS school. It's not even the top level of football in the country. Um, look, I know NDSU is a dominant team. I'm questioning their opponents. And now all of a sudden you're going to have Trey Lance uh, take over for Jimmy G, Jimmy Garoppolo. Trey Lance gives you a different dynamic, right? You're going to see the mobile quarterback, going to see the mobile quarterback in Kyle Shanahan's power run system. And I love the Trey Sermon pick. So I'll give Shanahan the benefit of the doubt with Trey Lance. I like, you know, hating on Shanahan a little bit because he cost the Atlanta Falcons a Super Bowl. He also uh, didn't do the 49ers any favors in their own Super Bowl. So again, you know, all of a sudden this offensive genius, this guy is you know, laughing at all of us because he smokescreened us into picking Trey Lance. Kyle, until you're lifting up that Lombardi and not staring at it from the opposing sideline in disbelief, I got to question you here. So I don't even know if I, I think Fields was the guy there, uh, but they go trade Lance and they trade draft picks for that. Lastly, did you see what the hell happened across the pond? How about the Manchester United game having to get canceled because the supporters, the protesters who are all mad, all the uh, English teams that were supposed to leave for this European Super League that came falling apart in the biggest public 
you know, about face scandal ever, where it was all these all these American owners for their soccer club saying, no, we're leaving. We're going to the Super League. And they come back with their ass in their hand saying, no, this wasn't the intention. I'm all about the supporters. Uh, the supporters aren't buying their crap. They're still trying to boycott, uh, create protests. And then they actually broke in to the stadium. They were shooting flares off on the field up into the stands. It was crazy. And it was an hour before kickoff. So something you never see, <laughs> never going to imagine you seen. It ended up postponing the game. Uh, maybe something that gets lost over the weekend because, again, soccer isn't king here in the U.S., but something that I saw make the rounds this weekend that was borderline shocking to see. Uh, so a lot to get to here and wrapping up on Corbett's Corner. Hope you enjoy your Monday rest of the week. We've got a big month ahead. Wing it will be back this week and it's normal day on Wednesday. Looking forward to getting the guys back and uh, bring that out to you here on the Dylan Corbett Podcast Network. I'm in Arizona this weekend. Maybe get some good content out of there for my boy, Matty Ice, the bachelor party, uh, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, things heating up here as we approach the summer. And we hope you do it with us here on CorbettSports.com.